Hey everyone, welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. to another week at Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We are excited to have you joining us. I hope you're having a great week and that you are getting patients healthy. I am excited today to have a special guest on with us. I want to introduce Brian Moore. He is a co-founder at Bristle and Bristle um, is a new salivary test that's out on the market that we're going to talk all about today. But I want to tell you a little bit about Brian and, and kind of his background and his come from. So he has a background in genomic technologies and healthcare, and he really has a passion for personalized medicine and improved patient outcomes. And he works with providers like ourselves in implementing oral microbiome testing in their care. And I'm really excited to have Brian joining us today to talk about this new salivary test that's on the market. Um, and it's really cool because it's available to us as providers within our practice, as well as to the general public. So if you're not quite ready to delve in and, and make it part of your practice, it's something you can point your patients to and, and kind of start working it that way. But you guys know I get really geeked out over salivary testing. So of course, I have taken the bristle test myself, and I was really impressed by the concept and the results and amount of information it brings. So Brian, I want to say welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, so so excited to be talking with you. and. In your great community. Thank you so much. Well, let's start with just talking about what this test looks for. So I know it can identify over 700 different bacteria, fungi, and within the saliva. Um, and what I love about this test is that, it, that it's looking for the good and the bad. And that's really something different about this test that's important to me. So dentistry has been so focused, I've said this before, on identifying and eradicating the bad bugs we kind of had that kill shot thing going and that's really important. But what we know about true health and wellness is that having the good players present in abundance is what true health looks like. And it's important that we focus on building a healthy microbiome versus just targeting the pathogens. And I have seen for myself in doing patient treatment where we'll put a big hit in the presence of say TD or TF but then I see a big rise in the FN. And that makes sense considering we've made a huge reduction in bacteria in general, but then we've created more space for other microbes to populate or repopulate and grow. So if we don't focus on putting the right type of bacteria in to take up residence, we're gonna to continue to see those dysbiotic shifts. And if we're not looking at the good, healthy populace numbers, we can't really know and be sure that we're building a healthy flora. And the reality is that saliva testing is a newer diagnostic that we have available to us in dentistry. And the, I got to say that we're not quite there yet. The majority of the profession isn't quite on board yet. Um, and I honestly believe that it is the future 
And I think it's going to merge medical and dental care to create a total healthcare collaboration, which is where I hope and pray we are going. That's where I think the magic is going to happen. So for those of our listeners who have not quite embraced salivary testing, Brian, can you help us understand the diversity of the oral microbiome, microbiome, like how biofilm comes into play and why knowing what's there matters? Absolutely. Um, I mean, so we'll get into some of the key insights you can derive from looking at the oral microbiome, but I think in general, looking at diversity and kind of this point you were mentioning of really understanding the health of a microbiome. Um, we often go to a garden analogy where, you know, when you have your healthy garden, you'll have fruit trees, bushes, shrubs, grass, uh, all those different niches in the garden are filled. And so it becomes a lot harder for weeds to come in and find a place to take up, uh, take up home. But in dysbiosis, what we're actually looking at is an unstable microbiome. So if we go back to our garden analogy, if our fruit trees, some of these commensal bacteria died, it opens up a space where these weeds can then start to come in and actually start wreaking havoc on our garden. So by really understanding the community at large, and the balance of the microbiome, that relative abundance of the good and bad species, uh, we can get a sense of the true health of the microbiome. And I think a big point of that is something you just touched on, where it helps change the narrative a bit in oral health, where I know something like myself I had struggled with when I struggled with my oral health that instead of just going and hoping for a clean checkup or playing a guessing game of just, you know, trying to eradicate the bad, uh, we can really move towards this idea of oral wellness, of improving our community and the abundance of our beneficial buddies, these beneficial bacteria, um, which are our best defense against oral disease and actually play critical roles in our health. And, you know, it, it changes the narrative with patients where you know, just like the rest of your health, it's not just a few minutes a day when you're brushing and flossing. You can incorporate things like diet, proper breathing, probiotics, other lifestyle changes to improve your health. And additionally, as a side note, which we can geek out on as well, is we can start to understand how certain interventions aren't just impacting, I think you had said, you know, just that selective targeting of the pathogens. We can get a better understanding of which types of treatments and interventions are eliminating the bad while also promoting the growth of the good, which is where we really need to get to. Yeah, I, I definitely think, and, and I'm seeing this myself because, you know, it's, it's no secret I've promoted and I use the HR5 tests um, daily in my, in my chair. And I'm, you know, I'm still planning to do that, but I think I'm going to incorporate bristle as well, because here's my thought process is the HR5, I have a result in two days. And yep. when I'm looking at a mouth and I see active infection and inflammation and bleeding, I know, I know we're up against something. So I want to identify what those pathogens are to start working on those. But then once we feel like we've got those resolved, then I think there's this great space to come in with something like bristle to say, okay, what good do we have? What good do we need to build? And how can we change this so that we don't just have this empty space now that we're going to, you know, either have these pathogens take back over or are we going to fill it with the good guys? I think it's, I think we we're really making the shift into looking at true health. And that's exciting to me. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. You know, I think getting that comprehensive picture and then understanding, you know, after you've implemented different interventions or done different treatments with patients, how are we actually improving their health over time? And, you know, calling back to your example, how are we making sure that once we reduce these harmful species, 
they're not just being replaced by others. And we can actually make sure we're setting that strong foundation of beneficial bacteria. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the bristle process. So um, for all of our listeners, the, the, the best way to get some more information is just going to the website. It's bristlehealth.com. Um, and if you're interested in checking out the test for yourself or recommending it to patients, um, there's a button at the top right corner that says shop the test. And so when you click that button, there are actually two different options. Um, there's the oral health reset program and then the oral health test. So Brian, will you talk to me about those two different options, what that looks like? Yeah. So I would actually direct, if you're a provider, we have the four providers tab, which you can click on that. It'll help you sign up for our partner program because we do offer certain discounts um, to providers. But if we're looking at on the website that anybody can go on and purchase, um, so we have the oral health test option, which is the standard test where you'll get the report, which you had gone through, get your scores, get recommendations, um, and really have something you can take to work with your provider um, or on your own. Uh, we also offer that oral health reset program. That's really designed for folks who aren't working with any providers at the time and maybe want to just be able to get that um, upfront test and a follow-up test after they've implemented their care plan. Uh, and then we also have two hygienists uh, on our team who offer some coaching. So if you want a little more walkthroughs with your results, um, we have great team members who, who can help you with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know that um, when you once you order your test, it takes about two to four days for that to arrive. Um, yep. And the results take approximately, is it two to three weeks? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so perfect. Closer to two weeks, but yeah. Okay, awesome. And that comes via email. And what's really unique about Bristle is that the test results are broken down into disease versus health-related issues. And that makes sense because obviously we're looking for the good and the bad. So it's kind of cool the way that you guys have it broken down. I feel like it's very relatable, very understandable. Um, under the disease umbrella, it assigns a score for each of the following categories, and it's a scale from one to 10. But under the disease side, there's a ranking for halitosis, for gum inflammation, for tooth decay, and gut inflammation. And then under the health umbrella, the categories are commensals, meaning your good, healthy population, diversity, because we know that having a more diverse population of, of good, healthy bacteria is where health is at, and then also nitrate reduction. So Brian, will you help us dig into each of these categories and really help explain what's being evaluated and how the numerical value is assigned for each? Sure. Great question. So you can imagine, you know, when we're profiling on average 100 to 200 bacteria per sample um, and looking at 700 plus that just giving you a list of 700 or 200 bacteria probably wouldn't be all that useful, um, would probably lead to even more confusion. And, you know, if you're working with patients or direct to consumer, that's not what you want. So we took the time to organize those bacteria into scores. Um, to make them a bit more digestible and a bit more actionable. Um, so going back to that community point we've been discussing, you know, we really want to reflect that just having a small abundance of a certain bacteria may not be actually impacting your gum inflammation health overall. That if you have otherwise, you know, low abundance of other gum inflammation bacteria, um, that you very well could have a healthy microbiome. And so that's how we use those scores to try to reflect that to both providers and patients. Um, so when we look at each score, 
can really be thought of as a summary of the bacteria related to that condition. So if we start at halitosis, for example, um, this is looking at those bacteria in the mouth that um, will re uh, release volatile sulfur compounds or other types of compounds that can cause bad breath symptoms. Um, this one I think is pretty often overlooked, uh, but it can be extremely frustrating as we all know yeah. uh, and confusing because what works for one patient won't work for another. And one of the reasons we've identified for that is uh, we've actually identified six different types of bad breath, um, depending on where the bacteria are uh, in the mouth. So for example, I'm more predisposed to tongue coating bacteria that cause bad breath. So you will find a tongue scraper with me anytime I'm traveling twice a day, but other folks might be more predisposed to gum line bacteria. And so they would benefit from uh, a water flosser or increased flossing. So by knowing which niche we're targeting, um, you can start to understand that a bit better. And that's one of the insights we get is which type you have. Nice. We, I, love, I love how specific it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, that was one we were really excited when our team was able to dig in and kind of derive those insights. And, you know, something, since we are looking at the entire microbiome, something we're excited to keep making discoveries on. Um, and, so, and I want to, I just want to speak, and I know we're going to talk about treatment options, you know, at the end as well, but I, I just want to put this together because I think it is so, this is what makes so much sense to me about salivary testing is specifically just talking about this halitosis. Like you said, you've identified six different types. So some of those may be coming from the gut, right? So you may see some gut bacterium present in the mouth that normally wouldn't be there. And that may be assigned to us like, hey, there may be some reflux going on. There may be some, you know, leaky, leaky gut kind of stuff going on. So again, it helps us as providers look, make the picture a little broader versus if you saw a patient who had more of, I'm, I'm guessing, because I know one of the things that can lead to halitosis is like that post-nasal drip. And those, those allergy kind of conditions that may be coming down from the nose and from the sinus, that might be someone that you would say, hey, let's get you on a xylitol spray, correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, it's just having another tool in your toolbox to where you're performing your other analyses, you're understanding the patient history, looking at what else is going on. Um, and so getting another data point that you can then factor into your decision making and treatment planning, um, where you know, sometimes people will be having halitosis and they'll see their score come back very low. And actually a negative result there can help indicate that it's coming from another source. So it could be coming from gut imbalance or it could be coming from post-nasal drip. And so, you know, in a lot of these instances, a negative result can actually help you make decisions towards um, other findings or other conclusions. Yeah, I love that. Because I will tell you that I feel like the patients that come in for halitosis are very serious about that because they have tried everything in the book and they're very frustrated. So I think this is a great way to, to really dive into that. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So tell yeah. me about gum inflammation. What are you guys looking for there and what does that look like? Yeah. So gum inflammation, um, preach into the choir here, but we all know bacteria um, are largely the drivers of gum inflammation. It's often polymicrobial. So with that score, we're looking at all of the known players in driving gum inflammation. And you know, we know that certain species can be more virulent than others. Um, and so the score can help take that into account. Um, so actually being able to identify which species are driving the gum inflammation and 
uh, kind of, as I mentioned, getting that holistic view of how many of those species do we see as well, because that can be another factor of if we see a high number of gum inflammation species, that could indicate a higher state of dysbiosis and risk than someone who maybe just has a single species. Um, so can start to get a bit more resolution on, on what's driving it. Excellent. Yeah, um, and if we carry on to, to, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, for tooth decay, obviously you guys are, I'm assuming, looking for strep mutans. Yes, we are. Um, strep mutans, strep sobrinus, um, you know, there's a few that have been known to be very important players in tooth decay uh, for decades, and we'll detect all those. Um, but what's interesting is there's also been discovered that certain bacteria enhance the decay of activity of things like strep mutans, which we also detect. Um, and so you'll see that reflected in the scores where um, you may not have strep mutans or strep sobrinus, but if you have a high abundance of these other bacteria, um, it could indicate that if strep mutans were ever introduced to your microbiome, that you would be at a higher risk. Um, and interestingly, there was a new one of these species discovered a few weeks ago. Um, I'm going to butcher the name, so forgive me, but Selenomonas sputagena okay. uh, was discovered a few weeks ago. To It had often been uh, implicated in gum inflammation, but researchers at UNC actually found, UNC and Penn actually found that it can also accelerate and enhance the activity of strep mutans. So what was great was since we're already detecting that as part of the comprehensive test, we can now add that into the tooth decay risk score and start to look back at other samples and see, okay, moving forward, give you those insights that that bacteria is implicated and uh, just keep evolving the report to be more accurate as we learn more. Nice. I love that. And I feel like for some people that feels um, a little scary and uncomfortable because um, I recently did a podcast with Ann Rice and we were talking about what we learned this week is going to be archaic for what we learn next week because things are just growing and evolving and we're learning so much right now. So that can feel a little overwhelming of, you know, I always say us hygienists, we're A-type. We want to know all the things. We want to know what we're talking about. We want to have our, you know, have it all together. But the reality is when things are changing so fast and we are you know, discovering new strains and how they work together, you know, we've got to be willing to say, oh, wow, I didn't know that, you know, and we've got to stay active on really learning the latest. So I love that you guys as a company are paying attention to all those things and, you, you know, reflecting that in the reports. And that, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's something, you know, we really see a role for Bristol and, you know, other salivary testing companies, um, but particularly us in you all are going to be, you're so busy already with your patient care. Um, and we really see this as an opportunity where we can help make your lives a little easier. You know, we're living in the research, we're constantly digesting it. So being able to give you um, new updates as they're made or um, reflect that in the scores uh, to help keep you uh, up to date. Um, and exactly what you said, it can be a little daunting, I think, that the science is changing so much and that we're learning more. Um, but, you know, ultimately it's all in the vein of driving better health outcomes and more personalized care. So I, I think we're all, all on board for it. Yeah. Well, talk to me about the gut inflammation part of this, because that was really interesting to me because we, we are understanding more and more about that, about the connection between the oral microbiome and the gut microbiome. You know, I've been having conversations with my patients, like, you know, you swallow a thousand times a day. 
So what's living in our mouths is likely also living in our gut. And it's, and if it's creating leaky gums, it's also creating leaky gut. So tell me, you know, what is the bristle test looking for? How does it determine the gut inflammation aspect from what's in the saliva? Great question. Um, exactly what you had said. So um, obviously we're not looking at the gut bacteria themselves unless they somehow translocate it. But research has unveiled that certain oral bacteria um, are now known to have an impact on our gut health. Um, it makes sense, right? Like the mouth is the start of the digestive tract, but at some point the mouth got removed uh, from the body, it seems, in medicine. So it's great to bring that resolution back. Um, and so what we're measuring is are the bacteria that have been associated with an increased risk of gut inflammation. Um, and so a caveat there is that if you have a high gut inflammation score on the bristle test, it may not indicate that you're going to have gut health conditions currently, um, because that's also dependent on your gut microbiome and your gut health there. But often what we'll find is people could be struggling or treating their gut health, but not seeing the results they were hoping for. Um, and a big reason is because they're actually missing one of the sources of inflammation coming from their mouths. And so, you know, another insight, that point you mentioned at the beginning of uh, our conversation about medical dental integration and really breaking down those arbitrary silos. Um, something like this score can help do that and help encourage you and your patients to bring their oral health report to their primary care physician and, and they, you know, start to stimulate some of that dialogue cross-functionally. Yes, I love that, you know, and, and so many of my patients, you know, you can see the light bulb go off if they're, you know, coming in and seeing me and they have been dealing with, you know, Crohn's or IBS or, you know, gut issues. And, and we say, you know what, I'm seeing inflammation in the mouth. I bet you this is part of the scenario, but let's, let's, let's test and see what's happening here. And I, I think it is, you know, one of the things I think that is going to change these. And like you said, I love what you just said about, you know, getting rid of the silos and making it a, a one collaborative effort is empowering our patients to ask for that kind of care. So when they can see and they understand and it all starts to make sense to them, I think they're going to demand that. And, and I hope that's the direction we're headed. Um, okay. So we've talked about the disease indicators. Let's talk about the health scores and what we see that, that is going to indicate health for us. So talk to us about the commensals and what, what we're looking for there and, and how that score comes about. Absolutely. So this is a part of the report I'm particularly excited about, I think just because it is a bit novel. Um, but in commensals, what we're really looking for and under health scores in general um, are those markers that are indicating movement towards oral wellness or towards overall health. Um, so commensal bacteria, um, they're important for a number of reasons. So for one, if we go back to the garden example, they're obviously competing for space with those pathogenic species, um, which inherently makes it uh, harder for them to grow. But excitingly, they take it a step further. They actually can help tune your immune system to reduce the inflammatory response and become less reactive, thereby reducing inflammation. Um, they also help break down foods and produce vitamins. Um, they even release things like bacteriosins and other byproducts like hydrogen peroxide that suppress the activity of those pathogenic species. So when I talk about them being, uh, or when we talk about them being our best defense um, against oral disease, uh, you know, when we have that built up, it's really doing a lot of the work for you and creating that stability. Nice. 
Talk to me about the nitrate reducers. I know I have done that. We've done a podcast on nitric oxide and the importance of that. Um, and we know that the oral, the good, healthy commensals are, you know, part of the process of making that nitric oxide. So what are you guys looking for in that space? Exactly. So nitric oxide finally is starting to get recognized for the importance it plays in vascular health, heart health, brain health. Um, so what our scientists did was we actually examined um, the bacteria, both in literature and just from our own analysis. Since we're getting the whole genome, so the complete, um, we can measure all the genes of every bacteria we detect. We can actually look for the bacteria that have the genes required to convert nitrate from our diets into nitric oxide. So this score is actually um, measuring those bacteria that have the ability to convert nitrate into nitric oxide. Um, so when you're doing work with proper breathing technique and trying to encourage nasal breathing, um, but also looking at ways to boost nitric oxide, if you don't have these bacteria or you're not encouraging uh, the growth of these bacteria, you could keep adding nitrate into your diet, but possibly not be extracting as much value as you'd hope by not having you know, this uh, other organ we have in our mouth of, of actually playing that role in reducing the nitrate. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then lastly is diversity. Yep. And you know that we're understanding that aspect too is you wanna have a really diverse microbiome. You wanna have a large community. Every, everybody has different roles to play. So the more you have, the more diversity you have, the, the healthier you're going to be. Well, in a sense, so it okay. is a bit different from the gut. So um, contradict in the gut, healthier diversity is typically recognized as, or higher diversity is typically recognized as a healthier uh, microbiome. Okay. From research in the oral microbiome, both from us and from others, if you find extremely high diversity, so very high, so a nine or a 10 on the Brussels score, uh, Brussels test, that's actually associated with an increased risk of gum disease because oh. of, uh, we're still understanding why, but we believe it's because it indicates more of a state of dysbiosis. Um, so there's kind of this Goldilocks range where we typically see healthier outcomes. Um, on the opposite end though, as you indicated, you do need diversity and we do need a healthy presence of different species. So um, you'll notice on the bristle score for diversity at the high end and at the very low end, there's red versus in the middle, there's green. Okay. Um, there's a very low score. This could indicate just one or a couple opportunistic pathogens that are really dominating the community. So um, perhaps somebody has just undergone some different antibiotics or different treatments, and there was a pathogen that was able to be introduced and really dominate the environment. Um, you know, that can lead to different health outcomes as well. So this is giving you a score where you can look at, you'll get all those other scores of the bacteria, but you can then understand what is the health of the community as a whole? Where are we looking there? Got it. Very cool. That's so I also would like to add that I think it's really neat um, for those of us who do geek out on this sort of thing, that right. on your individual results, you can actually choose the option to see what bacteria were found on your test. So not just the overall numerical score, but you can click on a button that'll actually show you what was present, which I think is really cool for those of us who want to dig in a little more. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, we wanted the report to be as 
in-depth as you want it to and as uh, enabled for self-discovery as you'd like it to, but also as approachable as possible. So, you know, on the patient front, we wanted it to be something patients could look at and have a really even level discussion with their providers. Um, you know, sometimes pocket depth and bleeding on probing these terms in industry that we all know can be very confusing for patients where, you know, understanding a four versus a five millimeter pocket depth may not mean as much as seeing a very high abundance of uh, bacteria that we know is pathogenic. Um, but one of the exciting things, as you mentioned, is getting that bacteria resolution. Um, and then every day we're starting to add more info. So we're starting to indicate which bacteria might be more sensitive to different probiotics or which bacteria, what are their shapes? You know, where are spirochetes versus rods or um, gram negative versus gram positive? There's a ton of info. So if you're uh, a hygienist or one of us fellow nerds, um, you can spend all day in there, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And getting yeah. feedback and others on what is interesting is super helpful too. I agree. So once you have all your data, the next step is to look at the individualized care plan. Um, and this is all in your results um, email that you get. Um, it's actually, there's a, the website that you go to, like there's all these buttons that you can click. It's really, really cool. Um, but at the individualized care plan that is determined by your specific results. And it's cool, that is also broken down. So you've got your daily habit recommendations as well as any diet and supplement recommendations. Right. Um, and, and then there's also the opportunity to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching session with, with the hygienist um, to answer questions and help guide you through your results and thus the care recommendations. Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to give you the, or give patients the scores, but then there's the, so what, right? There's the right. aspect of what do I do about this? So yes. based on the scores, the first thing that'll get assigned, as you mentioned, is a care plan. So we have different care plans, depending on which scores seem to be of the highest concern. So if the halitosis score is very high and everything else looks healthy or the gum inflammation score, the gut inflammation score, depending on what those are, we can tailor the recommendations a bit in terms of, you know, if we're introducing a mouthwash initially, um, which types of mouth rinses would be most effective based on those bacteria or what types of probiotic strains might be most effective based on the abundant, the bacteria. Um, and I think one key thing to note is that it's mostly focused on at-home care recommendations. Um, so we do have some resources for providers if you want to understand you know, how they do these bristle results. What could that translate to a care in my office? So we do have those resources outside of the report, um, something we're going to be looking to include at some point. Um, but yeah, so on the walkthrough, um, so that is, as I mentioned, typically designed for patients or consumers who come through as a provider, or if any providers are interested in getting started and want to understand the results, we include those at no charge. We're always happy to set up a walkthrough training. And, you know, ultimately we need the report to be very understandable and we need people to be very comfortable with it. So um, any of that, any of those questions of, I saw this funky result on my score or something like that, we love talking through those scenarios and, um, and helping make sure everybody's very comfortable with the results. Yeah. Well, another thing that I think is appealing as a hygienist, because 
Again, you said it earlier, and I've said this many times before, what works for one patient is not going to work for another. We right. just have too many different factors going on. It, it, we are not, there's no cookie cutter approach at this point. And that's the beauty of salivary testing is, like you said, you can look to see what commensals you have in play, and maybe you're missing some that you need that you can get in a good probiotic. And right. so you guys, because you're looking and know all of that information, you're going to make the best probiotic recommendation. So here's what we can run into as hygienists is obviously we don't stock all of these different options um, in our offices and in our operatories. So that is another great thing to me about the bristle test is not only does it give you the care recommendations and the product recommendations that would suit you best, but there's also a button that you can click that'll take you to the site to order those things. So that can be really appealing to make those recommendations to patients and have them go ahead and order that for themselves because it may not be something we carry in the office. You know, I will say doctors, and I understand this, get a little averse to us ordering, you know, 12 different products to carry in the office because are you going to actually be, you know, giving those to patients? You know, we don't want to make that investment in those things, you know, you know, sit on the shelves and and go bad. So I like that aspect too of the patient can then order directly from the website and there that link is there. So I think that's a really nice smart touch. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, and so the concept is to follow the care plan steps for three to four months and then to retest to measure the changes and hopefully movements toward true health and a healthy microbiome. Um, and I, you know, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to try Bristle and, and really experiencing it, really experience it. Um, I really enjoyed, and this is obviously an option, and I wanted to clarify the coaching sessions. Um, is that something that is provided or given an option for just doing the basic test, or is that more the, the personalized plan? Yeah, great question. So it, it, it is an option to add on to any of the tests. Um, typically, if we have so if you're using it with a patient or patients working with a practice as part of it, um, typically they'll forego that coaching session. So instead, you know, you'll be doing the follow-up or the consult. And, and if you have any questions, you can talk to us directly um, as a provider. Um, but, you know, we, we don't want anybody to get their results back and feel high and dry and feel, you know, I've got this data and I don't know what to do with it or I'm confused here. Um, so we do have some provider practices where, you know, particularly if you're extremely busy, um, as you all are, and if you, you know, want to be able to use that as a resource with some patients and be like, you can add that on and do that consult with them and then bring it back to us. Um, some folks do that. Um, but yeah, I think typically it's more designed for people who maybe, you know, particularly people who find us for bad breath or find us right. for that inflammation may not know who to talk to about it. Right. Um, we have that resource there. Awesome. Well, um, obviously I'm going to link um, all the Bristle information to this podcast so our listeners can easily find that. But for those of our listeners today that think, gosh, this sounds amazing, this is smart, and they're interested in onboarding Bristle into their practice, tell us the best way that we can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, you can visit bristlehealth.com and click the four providers tab. And there there's a sign up form to join our program. There you'll have an onboarding session with me or one of my partners, um, walk through any questions you have, get a demo of the report, similarly to what we went through today, but you know, seeing is believing sometimes. Yeah. Um, alternatively, 
You can always email me. I'm brian at bristlehealth.com. So B-R-I-A-N at bristlehealth.com. I love hearing from the community. Good, bad, ugly feedback. Um, if you hated anything I said, let me know. But if you liked something and something resonated, I'd love to hear that too. Um, and then we'll also be at Under One Roof. Um, very excitingly coming up. So if anybody's planning to attend there, uh, definitely stop by and say hello. Awesome. And I, I do understand that you guys do offer discounted prices for practices for the test kits. We do. Yeah. So anybody who emails me or signs up through our website, uh, will be able to give you that discounted pricing information and answer any other questions about logistics, um, shipping, any, any of the questions that, uh, we weren't able to tackle today. Happy to get into Awesome. And as always, I feel like if we're going to ask patients to do something, then doing it ourselves first, going first always makes sense to me. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, this sounds really cool, or hmm, I'm a little skeptical, I'm going to challenge you to do the test for yourself. Um, I know that they do offer trial discounts for, for, for that for us providers. So I'm going to challenge you, do a bristle test for yourself, see your results, start asking questions, one-on-one -on -one coaching session so you understand, and then we can start getting this out to our patients. I just think it's invaluable, and I think it's really great information to have to help us really determine, are we getting our patients healthy? And that's what this is all about. So Brian, I am so appreciative of your time today. I'm appreciative of what you guys are doing at Bristol and that you are staying on track with the latest and greatest and incorporating that in constantly. Um, but I just think this is going to make such a huge impact in what we're doing in our profession. And hopefully, like you said, marrying those silos to where it's just one, one contiguous, uh, treatment together between medical and dental. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. And just another huge thank you to you, the whole org on the work you're doing and connecting line, like, like-minded individuals, right. Who all have the same goal of elevating patient care and improving patient outcomes. Uh, it's only by working together as a community that we're really going to get there. And, um, you know, that's why I get so excited connecting with providers, particularly hygienists, um, who are the ones who are the patient care experts, um, because unless we can get this information used uh, and implemented and really change the narrative on oral health, we won't get to where we want. So thank you again for having me and, uh, excited to, to be a part of the, the community. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, if you're like Brian said, if you're going to be under one roof, go check them out for sure. And if you're not go to bristlehealth.com and check it out. Um, as always, if you haven't yet hopped in on our Bulletproof Mighty Network, if you've got questions or thoughts, um, if you've had experience with Bristol yourself already, come talk about it. Let's share, let's communicate. But um, this has been really helpful and we're very appreciative. Everyone have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.